Hello and welcome to another episode of the Eunice Ajim show. I am your host, Eunice Ajim. Um, and today uh, it's going to be a super, super interesting video. I don't know if you guys remember in my last video on Thursday, I said that I was going to figure out very creative ways to be able to record the podcast while traveling the baby. <laughs> Did I miss my promise? So we ended up traveling for roughly about 23 hours. And we all know the challenges of just like long travels. Um, I got to the airport on Friday and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to record this podcast. We ended up being hungry, trying to eat something. And then one thing led to another before realizing we had to board our flights and um got to dubai which is the place where i was traveling we got to dubai last night just really tired and not having enough energy to be able to record a podcast but today it is sunday um i will do my best to do a lot more recordings throughout the week as i'm speaking to founders speaking to other investors and I will make sure that I upload at least two or three extra videos to be able to make up for the two days that I miss. All right, now let's get right into it. On Thursday's video, what I did was I pretty much got on my phone and answered as many questions as I possibly could from some of the things that you guys asked me on Instagram. And today we're going to be doing something similar I still have so many questions to go through and I'll do my best to get to as many as possible. So we had roughly about six questions that got answered within the span of 30 minutes last time. So let's see how many questions we can get through tonight. And you see me dressed up. This is probably the first time I have had makeup since the beginning of this podcast series that I'm doing. Um, but just super excited, very happy. I'm in the hotel room, like you can see, not my typical settings, but we are making it work. All right. The first question for today is how can we pitch you? I get this question so many times and I feel like it is very obvious <laughs> how to pitch me literally the best way. And the most e the easiest way, and you guys will see even through some of the questions that I have to answer today. The best way to reach out to me and to reach out to my team, because what people tend to forget is that I'm really not the first point of contact when it comes to reviewing pitch decks. I have a team that goes through a whole process, do the initial screening and vetting, and they only bring me the top of the top that they truly believe we can finally invest because we get so many applications and unfortunately because of the nature of venture capital we only invest in a very small portion of the companies that actually reach out to us so the best way to pitch myself or ajim capital is by applying on our website at ajimcapital.com and um and yeah, just send us your pitch text, tell us your story. And if we truly believe that it's a right fit for the two of us. And I've mentioned a, a couple of times in my previous videos, like what myself and I believe a lot of other venture capitalists look when thinking about making an investment decision. So I wouldn't go into that, but I just wanted to make sure that I remind people where the best place to pitch me. 
another way that I think it's very common is like asking maybe for like a recommendation from other founders. So like if you know maybe like um, a tech company that we've invested in and you personally know the founder, you can always ask for an introduction. Sometimes that might get you a little bit above the line. But it doesn't mean that it's a guarantee that you get an investment from us. We probably just pay a little bit more attention and our founders know better, right? They will not send us any kinds of deal. <laughs> so that's another good way. Or if you know other investors that maybe we've co-invested with, that's another way to like jump up the line. But to be quite frank, we review every single application and... um that's actually where 80% of our investment has come from. Like we have invested in like 80% of the companies that literally applied through our website and the other 20% were probably like referrals from other investors or founders. All right. The next, well, I don't know if this is a question, but I'll just say it. She says, may I intern for you PR communication personnel between setup in rice startups in rising future African VC. Okay, that's a lot of things. Um, I do want to answer something on the May I intern for you, though. Um, I think that I get a lot of requests um, for people looking for either a job or like wanting to intern with us. We did one internship program last year. If I'm being 100%, I don't know if we're going to do another one next year. Things might change, but as of right now, I don't think uh, we're going to be bringing in any interns. Uh, I just think that people don't realize that it's a lot of work. <laughs> like you don't just bring interns and then give them things to do. You have to you have to train them. You have to like make sure that whatever they come, they actually learn something new. Um, and I just feel like I don't like my team and I don't have the bandwidth uh, for that right now. The next question is: Do you focus on certain specific industries? Or you're open to all businesses with good prospects? Huh. We do not look at every industry. Um, the first thing, and I've mentioned this before again, I like on a, I guess the question of like, can we pitch you? Um, but on a baseline, um, the first thing that we look for is that you're actually like a software tech application or like a software tech company um that's the baseline like that's the minimum qualification for us to even like pay attention to your company the next thing that we tend to look at is um if you are um a b2b or a b2b2c so like a business to business or business to business to consumer we generally prefer b2b but we have had some instances where we actually get B2B2C, which is business to business to consumer. Typically, marketplaces um, falls along the, that line. Um, the next thing that we want to look at, we have very specific sectors that we're super excited about. Like, for example, in the African context right now, fintech is pretty big. So typically, if you're building like something that has to do with like, fin like financial infrastructure um, or just like financial services, but in the software scalable you know um tech space we would love to uh speak to you and also like look at the product you're building another thing like other sectors that i think i'm particularly bullish about right now will be um health tech um even though we've only invested in one company i think i'm still trying to understand the ecosystem uh we've done a prop tech we've done marketplaces marketplace is big because that's my background both of my previous companies were marketplaces so um 
is a is a kind of company that I personally understand very well. Um, and it's easier for me to be able to make investment decisions um, based of like my understanding of the founder. Um, but to answer the question, which is kind of like what I think this person is asking, is like, do you invest in all types of businesses? No. You will be surprised <laughs> how many people sell me like manufacturing businesses, hardware businesses. We don't invest in hardware, even if there's like some sense of like technology uh, added to it um like just any like I've, I've had people like send us fashion businesses or like just businesses that are not scalable um that are not software those are not things i would typically i've seen even somebody like send us like a hair week <laughs> type of business i'm like no <laughs> like it's so easy um to just put up a website and then like buy hair from china and then you know what i mean like no we would not invest in that unfortunately and we don't invest in consumer goods like um, we just prefer software tech B2B businesses. Okay. This one said, but yeah, not a question. I really do admire you. I hope to meet you one day. Thank you. I hope to meet everybody one day. So um, always, always excited um, to just see like some, like actually meet some of the people that, you know, I either follow me or I follow them on the internet and eventually meet them in person. Okay. This one says, I have tried reaching out to you since crew mail, no response yet. Okay. <laughs> this is like a super interesting one. And I think at the beginning of my venture capital career, I did my best. And I remember even making a post on social media about this. I made a post on social media saying like, hey, like, I have been a startup founder. So I understand the pain of reaching out to an investor and them never getting back to you. Um, so I did my best to answer to as many questions and as many DMs, emails as possible. Because I was just like, you know what? I don't want to be that VC that never gets back to people. <laughs> and then when I realized that this was taking way much more of my time than it should, that's when I stopped. Um, on average, and this is without even like exaggerating, I get at least, and thank goodness now like Twitter has a lot of restriction in terms of like DM, LinkedIn has a lot, like I used to accept a lot of uh, LinkedIn connections and I would just get bloated with like a lot of like inbounds. Um, and even emails, like people trying to find a way to like get my email, my email on the internet and like reach out to me. Um, on average, I would get like, I would say like probably 50 DMs between DMs and email, um, of people just like asking me things that I've probably put on the internet or that are directly on my website, um, and expecting to hear back from me. I watched a video from Vusi um, a couple of days ago, and I think he gave like a really good explanation of like why a lot of just influencers, celebrities, um, a lot of investors get a lot of inbounds, why many of them don't respond. And the truth is um, they don't just have the bandwidth or the time or right like like 
people send messages and they expect, I mean, I've, and I've done the same thing, right? Like I've had people that I admire that I, I would send messages, but every single time my message is really like very crafted. So like, it's very personalized for that person. And even so like this, I still have like very low expectation of them ever getting back to me. Like if they do, I'm like, great. But if they don't, I'm like, it's okay. Like, um, I understand that it's no way, right? Like that probably like 50, a hundred, you know, like 1000, like I'm one of the best. I'm like, I'm a zero inbox type of person. So I hate seeing notifications and like, not like either opening them and like getting away with them. Like I, I'm not the type of person that keeps like 1000 emails in my inbox. Never. Like if you see a lot of inbox, like maybe I'm traveling or something, but as soon as I have enough time, like I have to get through it. So, um, and a lot of the time, if you just like spam or like just people like reaching out to me where I can tell that it's not personalized or like it has nothing to do with like what I'm doing. Like I'll get somebody saying I'm raising 400 million for a series D round in, I don't know, Southeast Asia. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you obviously didn't do your research. This is not personalized. I will not respond. If somebody's like, hey, ma'am, like, how can I pitch you? I will not respond because I'm like, it literally says on my website, you can pitch me there. So, but if it's like very personalized, it's direct, it's like, I see value in the email. A lot of times I do respond to the DM. Or if I can see that somebody's like genuinely confused or like they genuinely have like a simple question that would take me one or two minutes, I will obviously respond to that. But still like 90% of the DMs, I unfortunately can respond. Come visit Tanzania and see Arabian Lion. I definitely, Tanzania is on my, it's on my, it's one of my goals. I will definitely um, visit one day. And as soon as I do visit it, I'm going to Zanzibar. <laughs> the next question is, what is the biggest advantage to investing in Africa versus the US? Also, what is the largest obstacle? I actually did a very detailed post on LinkedIn and Twitter about this particular question. And um, when people ask this to me, I always tell them that it depends on like the investor's like risk appetite, right? Like that's like given. And a lot of the time, if you're a US investor, before you even think about investing in Africa, a lot of the times you have already invested in many, many other businesses here in the US and then now you're thinking about diversifying your portfolio. I think when you're thinking about diversifying your portfolio, going to the African market might be interesting. And one of the very simple, straight to the point answer that I like to tell investors, and I think this actually goes for a lot of emerging markets, is the US has seen us, and then this is very specific for like VC and like tech startup. The US has seen a technological advancement in the last 30 I would say maybe like 20 to 30 years, right? So like a lot of the big tech companies that we're seeing today are roughly about 20 to 30 years. Um, and we've seen the financial, you know, like the, 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 the digital infrastructure being built. We've seen a lot of layers being built on top. And now when you look at a lot of the U.S. companies that have been built, there are more wants versus needs. So it's like, okay, like I just want to, make my life a little bit easier, right? Like I just want my groceries to get here in five minutes versus 15 minutes, right? Um, I just want to do X, Y, Z. Like we've seen that happen with the blockchains and like the NFTs and like now we're looking at AI and V and like all of this really, really advanced technology versus 
a lot of emerging market are just getting on the internet. A lot of emerging market are just now having access to like smartphones. A lot of the things that happen in the US 20, like I would say like maybe not 30, but like 10 to 20 years ago, is now happening in many African countries as well as many other emerging markets. And the good thing about that is that we know, or at least like my like if you've done your research, you know some of the businesses that are needed to be able to um to build it like a digital infrastructure around an economy, right? So like you're pretty much leapfrogging a system that has already been built in other markets. And when you're doing an investment in Africa or other emerging markets, you're pretty much reducing the risk because you're like, okay, like I'm not building or I'm not investing in a technology that I have no idea what this technology is. You already have a good understanding of like, okay, like for example, when Flutterwave or Paystack, like when they were being built, like we already knew that like Stripe, for example, was like the US version of Paystack, right? Um, and it was easier for investors to make an investment into those deals because they're like, okay, like I get the, the, the investment. I've seen this being successful before. There's a high chance that this will be successful in another market. Um, and also making sure that the timing is right for that product. So I personally think that that is the biggest advantage of investing in Africa or other emerging markets when it comes to tech startup versus investing directly in the U.S. Because in the U.S., you're pretty much investing in a new technology that you have no idea whether you'll be successful or not. In Africa and other emerging markets that are also just getting on the Internet, you have the opportunity to find successful business models and it's not always all right. Like you have to really go back and say, okay, is this business model, is this market ready for this opportunity? Um, that is so important. Timing is so important in the tech space. Okay. The next question, do you invest in pre-seed and what are the requirements? Literally with pre-seed and seed VC fund. Um, but sometimes when people hear pre-seed, they think it's pre-revenue and pre-product. You don't, <laughs> we don't do that. Um, I see pre-seed in the U.S. being an opportunity and like why people invest. And don't get me wrong. I know so many founders and even I have been there. So many founders in the U.S. struggling to raise a pre-seed round. And a lot of the time it's because these people... They have absolutely zero connection. They don't have wealthy families, right? They don't have big connections and they expect to go out and raise significant money because they have seen other people raise that much. And I think what they tend to forget is like, those people have either been successful founders in the past, they have really good connections. So their dad and their uncles and their aunties and their friends can invest in the pre-product and pre-everything, <laughs> like pre-MVP, pre-traction, pre-whatever, right? They can easily raise money because they have those connections. But you that don't have any connection, you expect to go out and raise pre-pre-pre-pre-pre. In, in our particular, I would say in our particular context, um, we focus on pre-seed, but for me, pre-seed in like, in Africa, it's like you have a product, you have some MVP put together and you have customers. 
And typically, like we would not actually invest unless you're doing at least five thousand dollars in monthly recurring revenue. And yes, I know that's a lot of money for a lot of emerging markets and even in the African continent. But it, the reality is that it's a little bit more riskier to be able to make investment in the African context for many reasons. And we want to make sure that you have actually done a lot of work on your end to build a pretty sustainable company before seeking investors' money. All right. I do have to get ready and like head to my events. I don't want to be super, super late, but I really wanted to get today onto this podcast and just answer a few more questions. I still have uh, probably like another 10-ish questions to get through. So I'll record another podcast tomorrow and try and get through all of those, if not everything, um, over the next uh, couple of days. But Thank you so much. This was another episode and I am super bummed that I have been, um, at least I have tried to <laughs> stay consistent with like sharing a podcast every single day. Um, until next time, I hope that you are living your best version of the African dream and I hope you have a blessed day.